Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. What's up, fellas? Welcome back to Convos Over Cold Brew with me, your host, Emma Abrahamson. Today, I'm literally pulled up. I pulled up to Eugene, Oregon. You know my old stomping grounds. I'm sitting in my friend Eli's house, and today I'm recording with my old teammate, uh, my good friend Jackson Messler. He's a member of the Oregon Track Club team. Oh, yeah, he also lives in this house um, that I'm staying in right now, so we're roommates this week. Or, well, I guess I'm leaving today, so we were roommates. <laughs> yeah, we were on the team together at Oregon way back in the day. I used to call him Baby Messler because he was like a little tiny freshman when I was, I think, a junior. We go way back. He's from Eugene. Yeah, he grew up in Eugene. He's kind of a legend. The Messlers. Messlers are pretty well known around this town. So his brother, his sister, his mom, and his dad all ran for Oregon. So, I mean, I guess it makes sense that he ran for Oregon as well and developed a lot at Oregon. So I'm excited to chat with him. So stay tuned for today's episode. I just probably jump scared everyone that's listening to this in their headphones. Um, what's up, guys? I'm here with Jackson Messler, and I'm in person, which is crazy because I never do in-person podcasts. But, um, you know, I'm staying with my friend Eli and Jackson in Eugene, Oregon, like I said in the intro already. But, Jackson, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me slash us setting up in my room. And um, it's Yeah, the setup is really funny. I wish you guys could see it. Like, this makes me want to do a video podcast because we're literally in Jackson's bedroom. Um, and we also have a third person, Eli, our, our audio engineer for the day, um, literally standing and just watching us. So yeah. it's kind of funny. And we're just looking at him. Yeah, yeah, we have a live audience of one. Um, Witness more like it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Witness to this. Um Okay, Jackson, to start off the episode, do you want to just give us like a little bit of a rundown of who you are and what you're about? Um, yeah, sure. My name is Jackson Messler and I, you know, love to run and this is, you know, just one of the connections I've made um, from loving to run. So here we are. Okay, like where did you grow up? What's your story? What's your background? All right, so I was born and raised in Eugene, Oregon. Everybody, anybody ever heard of that? Because, um... I think uh, Emma's mentioned it once or twice that she went to school here, and uh, yeah, that that's how we met. But um, I went; I was a local kid that went to the Eugene High School Sheldon, and then um, just made it on the Oregon team. So yeah. How long have you been running for? I started in middle school, like most people. There's like you know a middle school spring season, but I tried to do other, you know, other sports. Like I tried. What? Like oh, what? I tried out for freshman year basketball. Okay, yeah, and, you're uh, tall enough, right? Yeah. Oh, it was great. Except I was probably about three inches shorter oh. freshman year, and even like skinnier. I like I like to say I like put on like you know some muscle in college. I would say so. You're I, looking pretty jacked. I'm absolutely popping out of my t-shirt right now. You definitely <laughs> should do a video podcast. But oh yeah, yeah, everyone needs to see your jacked muscles. Exactly. Just me. Just mm. but. <laughs> No, we were yeah tried out, but you know there's some re- there were some really athletic kids um by my freshman year like that uh that team did not lose that freshman year basketball team. What oh in high school? Yeah, I mean the uh the I believe the starting forward uh, ended up being a uh, NFL rookie of the year in Justin Herbert. So I was not beating him out for mm-hmm. a uh, spot on the freshman team by yeah. any means. <laughs> he so was he already was play- he was playing basketball and football. Yeah, he yeah he did he did all three. So he did football, basketball, and and baseball. Jeez, but not cross country. <laughs> no, no. The rumor is he was gonna not do baseball his senior year of uh, high school, and he was Whoa. gonna do track. So the the rumor is he just like went out to the track like with his grandpa, who the track is named after at Sheldon, and he just said, "Okay, go high jump, no instruction." They put the bar at six feet, and he just like jumped over it, easy. <laughs> So this man just like a pocket six foot high jumper back in the day. 
And we're like, what? yeah. So it's like, he's just always been the most, me most like athletic kid I've ever known. So it's like nice that like in the grand scheme of things, it's justified because he's like a literally NFL professional quarterback. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's and like, you know, Justin Herbert, he played for the Ducks and then now yeah. plays for the Chargers. Yeah. So. Rip San Diego. Should have been the San Diego Chargers. But Should have been the San Diego Chargers. Now but it's the LA Chargers, and that just sounds wrong. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> LA needs two, you know, blue and yellow teams with the same stadium. It's exactly. Like, it makes no sense. Yeah. It's just slightly different yellows. But anyway. Eugene has like a lot of history then because, you know, they have Justin Herbert. They also have the Messlers. And Eli was telling me, I mean, I kind of already knew this, but I didn't know your parents also ran for the Ducks yeah. and your brother and your sister and you. Yeah, so we are we are five for five in terms of like Oregon distance and just you know it's kind of a storied program to begin with and like having you know parents going D one and that that's how they met obviously, but then having three kids that all go D one at the same university like I don't I don't know any, I don't know any other family that's doing that in the running world. So when you were growing up, did you like, I, I mean, you were trying out for basketball, but did you know there was like, there had to be no other option then if you were going to go to school to run, it had to be Oregon. Uh, I mean, yeah, kind of. I mean, not like I wasn't like that highly recruited. It was more just like I was in their backyard. So Andy, the coach at the time, like saw me first and nobody else really, you know, came calling like Andy, I think we he reached out to me like you know that summer after junior year when like you could now the rules are all different you could get recruited at was like at like sixteen but like back then you had to wait until like a certain date. In, yeah, was it still July first? It was like yeah, it was like July first going into your senior year is yeah. the only time you could talk to coaches. But I was like already working out like at Hayward just because it was like open and like my family was running the Oregon Track Club all all comers meets so. I was there setting up to put on a meet. Meanwhile, Andy's there with like Sam Prakel and Blake Haney and like Johnny Gregoric, and he's prepping them for USA's. So he did their workout and then just came over and talked to me on like July 15th. And so that's how we were introduced. And he was just interested early and often and nobody else really threw their name in the hat. And he's like, I want you to commit like, like early decision. I was like, uh, I was, I was like, then I was like, why would I wait for a better offer? What better offer is there? Yeah. So I just made it really easy. Plus, I didn't want to fill out the Common App. I think I actually did fill out a Common Application Yeah. looking I'll, back. Yeah, I was like, do I have to write another essay? No, I'll just commit to the best D1 program. Did you know that you wanted to run in college, or was it kind of like wishy-washy? No, I'd, I I think I knew. Um, Yeah, I got significantly faster and grew like my sophomore year. Like freshman year, trying out for basketball, all that was good. And then I grew a little bit more and like, you know, put on some muscle on my legs. Like I was, <laughs> wasn't was a total stick. And I just like kept running all summer and winter and um, got a lot faster in my cross, sophomore year cross country season into sophomore year track. And I was like, oh, I, I really want to do this. Like I found like a natural aptitude towards it that mm-hmm. like gave me a lot of confidence just like growing up. Yeah. And I feel like you're the definition of someone that was definitely developed over the course of their college career, which mm-hmm. I don't know at Oregon when I was back, back in the day, I feel like at least on the girls side, there wasn't, it wasn't really a developmental program, but I feel like Andy Powell did such a good job of uh, developing a lot of the guys on the team and you being one of them, because what were your PRs coming out of high school? Yeah. Coming out of high school, I'd run, um, eight twenty one in the three K and three fifty in the 15. And I ran both those like the last month of my senior year. So Andy recruited me off like an 831 and like a 355 and like two state titles. So what did what did he say to you? Like, why was he like, I want you on my team? Because looking at that compared to someone like, you know, Ed Chez, who's also on the team, like yeah. two very different sets of PRs, but you guys are on the same part of the same program. Like what was what was his goal for you, I guess, when you got there? Yeah, I mean part of the proximity and like how he always ran the team was like he had like one or two like token Oregon guys like on it like he had done it with and like and with but then developed them like he had done it with Daniel Wynn he had done it with Travis Newman he had done it with um even like Pat Warehane back in the day when he was an assistant coach like there was guys from Oregon who showed promise and like in 
you know, four or five years, they would develop and contribute. So part, I think part of it was just like, oh, here's the next, you know, wave of that um, athlete coming through. And so he has had some experience developing it. And then, but like how high you take it is like truly up to like the individual athlete, I think. Yeah, definitely. Because if you show up to a program like that and you're not really driven to be the best, mm-hmm. you're going to get pushed out really, really quickly. Yeah, yeah, you are. And um, yeah, we had a good, like we actually had like numbers because they had lost a guy. So we had like five people being like in our in my freshman class and like, you know, me, Jack, Austin, like I was definitely the worst recruit out of the five of them. <laughs> so it's just like, Lovely, a humbling experience. I mean, oh, so totally. was I, me and Sarah yeah. Baxter. So who was better? Sarah, obviously. <laughs> but, you know, I feel like if you're not number one in the country coming into Oregon, you're not going to be the best on the team because there's mm-hmm. always going to be, be people better than you. What was it like for you joining a team like that with so many people that are like phenomenal? Oh, I, you had to just commit to going in with like no ego. Mm-hmm. Like I had zero ego, zero say, like I was just going to, you know, for lack of a better term, just walk on the, go on the team and eat shit. Were you scared? Not particularly. Excited? I mean, I was just like, this is an opportunity. So, you know, it wasn't like, it was like a small, it was a pretty, it was a much smaller group. Like I think we only had like 15 guys. Yeah. And the so Powell's kept it small. They, they, they kept it small for sure. And it was, it was lean. And so I was just like everybody is like making regional so i I better do it yeah that was definitely the standard i feel like i mean i don't know what the oregon program is really like now because it's wildly different because of all the coaching changes but like Mm -hmm. back in the day if you didn't make regionals it was like yeah like you that was that that was the minimum like you have to make the west regional yeah because if not mm. yeah i think my expectation that was set on me my freshman year i was like hey we need you to score at pac 12s did you know because had you steepled before coming to Oregon or no? No. So, uh, but that's, you know, Andy's like, hey, we need someone to score at Pac-12s. The Pac-12 steeple my freshman year was notorious. It was just like a weak year. Yeah. And so, like, people could just, like, try it. You know, I started in the winter, like, training for it. And I was like, okay, I'm going to try and score in the top eight at a meet in May. Yeah. And here we are in, like, early December, like, learning the technique for it yeah i feel like that's how more, most people chase you know careers you get, yeah you, you, get, you get thrown into it yeah at some point yeah but now people are like like people with seasoned like careers are like trying it for the first time yeah i know like jordy or whatever yeah jordy even <laughs> david ribich too yeah like these guys are like legitimately like way fast 3k runners 5k like 15 guys that have you know competed competitively in that like collegiately and post-collegiately now all of a sudden they're trying the steeple like what what kind of a move is that i feel like if you're a good 3k runner if you can jump or like i don't know if you can get the coordination right then i feel like you're golden like someone like me you know marisa (laughs) powell tried to throw me in the steeple back in the day it's probably a height thing right yeah exactly she (laughs) sees that i'm 511 she's like oh you know what you're a great 1500 runner but you're not like quite good enough like you're not going to be getting all american at ncaa's like let's throw you in the steeple I tried to do like the steeplechase drills for like one week and like jump over a hurdle. It was not happening for me. First of all, one, because I didn't want to do it. And, but I actually did try like my hardest to like do the steeple drills and go over the hurdles, whatever. For some reason, my brain cannot comprehend how to jump and run fast at the same time. So I feel like if you could do that and you're willing to do the steeplechase, it's kind of golden. Yeah. Cause there's definitely like a fearlessness you need to have. Yeah. I think I'm too timid. Yeah. You like, I'm not coordinated. Like you got to commit. Yeah. Like, not like, I can't just, like, say commit. Like, I get, like, aggressive with it. It's like, like <laughs> you got to, like, send it, like, over the water barrier. Like, you can't, like, and that's where some of the the drills I've done. Because, like, I think I was timid that first year. Well, yeah, and, as like, anyone would be. It's a completely different. But, like, I had tried for six months. And even into my sophomore year, like, Andy was like, oh, you are you can run, like, in the low 840s if you learn how to do the water jump. It took me, like, four years to get that down. <laughs> like why do why just was it a timid thing like you were just hesitating uh like i would go into it but i wouldn't land well like i wasn't Mm. super confident my landing and like the single leg strength that you needed from it and like that was just all you know coming with my development as an athlete but like also part of it was like you need some some like some type of risk to like really get that like fucking commit yeah attitude going yeah um, what do you think was like the main thing that helped you develop, I guess, in the steeplechase specifically? 
Um, just like becoming a good flat runner and then like spending the time like with that mentality of like, Hey, you can, you can do this. You just, you got to go. And, um, coach rad, Jimmy rad shout out that guy for real, like absolute staple. He's the only coach. I think that was present when my parents were in college that then coached all three of the Jimmy kids. Radcliffe. Jimmy Radcliffe. He's freaking the immovable object. Yeah. Like his weights like it's just everything yeah. but he's a he see he's another eugene legend absolute unit yeah but he did this drill one time he was like you're not jumping far enough like off the barrier so he set a barrier up on the turf and laid underneath it and said <laughs> you wouldn't step on a 65 year old or however old he is probably almost 70 now and he's like you wouldn't step on an old man would you and so here I am sprinting downhill to get a bunch of momentum, stepping on the barrier and jumping over Jimmy Rad. And you didn't step on him, did you? I didn't step on him, and I had my water drums figured out like within a month. Really? Yes. Was he laying underneath the barrier the whole time? <laughs> no, he just he was just mimicking water and just like, don't hit me. Yeah. That's all he said. And I was like, okay. And I freaking got over it. Okay, so if you're a coach out there and you're training <laughs> steeplechase runners, all you need to do is lay underneath the barrier and hope for yeah. the best that your athletes can get over you. So, yes. Or if you're an athlete learning how to steeplechase, maybe go to your coach and be like, hey, coach, I really need to get my water barriers down. Like, go lay down in the water pit. Um, and then hopefully I make it over you. Yeah. But actually, don't do that. Please don't take my advice and do not sue me. Yeah, we are not liable. No, we are not liable no. for that um, if you do choose to do that. But it worked <laughs> wonders for Messler, so there you go. Yeah. Um, was there like a, I don't know if the right term is like come to Jesus moment, but like when you were in college where you're like, wow, I'm actually getting really good at running. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was kind of, um, like slow progressing. Like, you know, there was like improvements being made in practice and like eventually it came time to like, okay, I'm ready to contribute. Like I had a, in my eyes like a disappointing sophomore cross-country season and then picked up some momentum like that spring but, what was disappointing about the sophomore season um i went to i went to steens mountain running camp as like a counselor and you know that was one of the but like i rolled my ankle really bad Oof. So, i heard steens is oh yeah something different they're built so, different out there absolute yeah they build them different <laughs> for sure like that's that's a absolute like legendary oregon thing i've heard like, yeah but um we were you know racing through the canyon me and my tent and i'm jumping through sagebrush and i just like jump over and it wasn't ground it was like a hole <laughs> and so my ankle goes you know sideways it looks like i have a grapefruit mm. in it. like i straight up have a grapefruit in my ankle but I'm uh, in... that must have been a fun conversation with andy uh yeah <laughs> he said you're not don't go ever go again so of course yeah and i uh i haven't Maybe I went once after that, but like, oh, yeah. breaking the rules. Well, he wasn't my coach anymore, so oh, true, true, true. He that's left, what you he get. Left, he left. That's what you get when you leave. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I had to take like a month off, and like it just kind of ruined my summer build. And so I had like a, you know, I was the alternate for the Pac-12 team. So like you know, they Pac-12 lets you take ten guys. Yeah, and I was the eleventh guy on like a ten, like a you know. 14 person team yeah it's a little so that, bit humbling yeah that wasn't great like having to you know go to the line with everybody and then he's like was okay. that in tucson yeah in, t in tucson Ooh. yeah where yeah hey well that that me was not the best no it was <laughs> yeah it was high everybody was like you know complaining about how it was like 90 degrees meanwhile i have like this trash bag full of everybody's stuff i was like yeah don't worry just get it to me like yeah. i'm some like gear guy yeah it's it is humbling oh. i've been an alternate before my freshman year when i was at vanderbilt yeah it's a humbling experience to be you know on the line and everyone else is racing because all you want to do is be out there racing with them yeah and you do feel like you're kind of a part of the team but you're not really yeah and it is really humbling but it's also like very motivating yeah you're like part of the team with no skin in the game which yeah. like sucks yeah because you have no you can't control anything of the outcome you're just there watching no, no i was just kind of there vibing in tucson yeah yeah just Oh, well. well literally it's sam prickles being taken to the hospital yeah, <laughs> everyone's man. getting heat stroke yeah we're like okay let's go get in the pool and i have like all this energy to like go splash around in the pool and there was like like blake was just like bro stop it <laughs> like i was like okay fine blake's in a bad mood again i'll just like 
<laughs> um, okay, well, yeah, then you redeemed yourself. You said, come spring. Yeah. Um, yeah, because I improved. Because we went back to, I think we went back to Tucson. No, that was the year after. Never mind. Because we went back, because <laughs> I, like, basically moved up two spots in the steeplechase from sophomore year, or fr- from freshman year to sophomore year, which was good. Cause, in like, the Pac-12? Yeah, because, like, I'm just like, I'm great. I have a spot on the team as long as I keep putting points on the board at Pac-12s. Yeah. And got a regional mark. Well, that's what's interesting about, like, the Oregon program. It's like, how do they choose, or how do you choose who goes to Pac-12s? Just who's going to score, they think? Yeah, I think it's like meat projections, and yeah. like they knew I scored last year, so they're like, "Oh, he can score this year, so there's a spot for him." Yeah. Plus, like, and that's why the coaches always want people in the steeplechase because it's usually it's more of a set. I don't know that you can like get points compared to like the fifteen hundred or something like that, where you never know what's gonna happen. Yeah, you it, know, in a final, yeah. it's way easier to project, yeah. and um, also you can double. Yeah, that too. Yeah, like I was a decent enough flat runner that like I was. I mean, I never scored in the 5K, but I think my best, I was, like, 10th. Yeah. Like, that's close. Yeah. Enough that, like, it's worth it. Yeah. And, yeah, and the 5K at Pac-12s is insane. Yeah, because they register, like, 70 people, and then 40 <laughs> still show up. Yeah. It's like, what? Like, <laughs> Yeah. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Um, so what was like the... I guess, yeah, going back to my question, like, what yeah. was the moment where you're like, I'm good at running? Or I'm getting good at running? Do you have, like, a breakout race or anything? Um, I think it was the indoor season my junior year where I was, you know, just, I, I remember I corrected a lot of things that summer going into junior year. And the big, the big bomb was Andy switching over to UW. Yeah, yeah. Like that was that was crazy because like I'm about to go like on a week vacation with to my family in Sun River and I'm getting in the car, he calls me and in 90 seconds like completely like, go like goes off is like, yeah like, I think everyone on the team was kind of blindsided because no one saw it coming. I mean I had already graduated but even just mm-hmm. like I mean I had no idea it was coming. No one was talking about that mm-hmm. at all pretty much. So I think everyone from what I've heard got a call that summer and then. Mm-hmm. They basically had to make this decision of, like, okay, do I follow these people to UW or do I stay here and hope that a new coach comes in that I can trust? Yeah, literally, I was like, so do I transfer? And then we were in the car on the way to Sun River, and, like, it was just, like, a weird week of limbo. I was like, well, there's more questions than answers, so let's just write it out. Yeah. But um, I think what kind of kept me – at Oregon was like it's Oregon they're gonna bring in somebody somebody great like they have to that's like the the job that like you don't fill it with like average people yeah you fill it with excellent people and so having Ben Thomas come in was crazy yeah like, and Ben awesome. Thomas came from Virginia Tech right yes. and he had so many good middle distance runners that he so developed many. so that had to be promising you know when you heard that he was gonna be coming in and taking the spot yeah because I Basically, I was just, like, super motivated and without a coach. I was like, okay, I'm going to put all this – like, I got really diligent about taking a log that summer, which is a habit I still carry through. And so I was, like, double runs. Like, I was just – it was, like, wake up, run, work, run again. And that, like, cycle repeated and, like, I stayed healthy, made a bunch of money, had like a very detailed like made a bunch of money is that what you said well yeah i just thought it was like working up i was like a lifeguard that summer okay so, so you're getting like, you getting you were getting your bread and you were yes. um getting fit yes and it was just like this is the summer i need of this because last summer i didn't do that and it didn't work out yeah and so that summer going in there's like a lot of you know turmoil about oh who's the coach it's like well whoever the coach is they're gonna want me to be in shape yeah Exactly. You can't slack off, even if you don't have, like, you know, because no one's giving you training at that point, right? No. Yeah. (laughs) So I'm just like, well, I know generally what a good weekly mileage is, and I know, like, how to generally be healthy. Like, I have some knowledge myself. Yeah. So I just 
did what I thought felt right and like trusted good habits that I had developed under Andy that had developed me to that, to that point. Yeah. I was like, well, I'm going to keep what I do well and, um, just head down work, control what I can control. Yeah. So then what was the race? Was there a race that you had that you're like, whoa? <laughs> well, I think it took Ben a little bit to calibrate to like what we could do. Yeah. <laughs> like we, we famously talk about that first fall that Ben Thomas was our coach as like, what the fuck is this guy doing? Like what the coach? Oh yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah. Cause he was like, you know, tr- uh, just instantly thought he could adapt, you know, his tech training to Oregon training mm-hmm. to guys with more talent, which meant more miles. Yeah. So I remember like running about, you know, maybe 75, 80 miles in seven days over the summer to Ben hitting like on a race week. I think I hit 96 in six days. 96. <laughs> I had 96 in six days. That's and- really interesting because like he was definitely, I felt like he was more middle distance and like what middle distance runners are running 96 miles a week. Not I. Yeah. Um. For I don't know. He was just 96 in six days with cross training and that was the week of Pac-12s. Did people get hurt? Uh, not really. No, but like, no. I mean, people were like close. Yeah, people riding got, the line. Yeah, we we were riding the line, and like I think people just were kind of beat up. Yeah, like we barely scraped into nationals, <laughs> and like I was U of O's top cross country runner. Yeah, at nationals that year, and like, how did that feel, seven- Go Ducks? Yeah, no, it was, I was like, I was like 64th or maybe 70, like 60s or 70s. Yeah. We had no, like, no All-Americans. Yeah. And like, I don't know. But like, for me, personally, considering how I was last year in the fall, to like, not even going on the trip, to then being the top runner, like, in a year because of that summer that I had and all that, like, that's, I think, the moment where it's like, okay, this is, like, a moment where I'm like, I'm good, like, the work that I've put in matches, like, the result that i got yeah and especially i mean even coming from high school being recruited as what like that you said 8 30 when you were yeah a junior. junior yeah yeah coming from that to go get like 60 something at nationals is very good you know yeah like in the grant like obviously like i'm never an all-american i was never an all-american across but that's like the closest i got but that's like, still like it's not it's not it's not bad no no it's great i yeah. think like I don't know. It's funny because coming from high school, you think of something like 60-something place or 70-something place. You're like, oh, that's, that doesn't sound very good. But in the grand scheme of things, like when we won in 2016, that was literally yeah. how we won. Were yeah. the people that were on our team getting 64th, 66th. Like that was mm-hmm. literally how we won. So yeah. I don't know. That's still very good. <laughs> yeah. Like, and I, I love that year too. Yeah. Just because like, you know, Maggie and I went to high school. Yeah. Maggie Schmadek for reference is the fifth runner that literally outleaned michigan's fifth runner to win yeah when we won in 2016 by one point it was all, yes, all on maggie schmadek another eugene legend um sheldon high school baby <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. uh so there is like a lot of i don't know eugene people just seem to come in clutch i don't know why yeah. like I, maybe it's just the pressure of needing the the hometown hero <laughs> yeah i don't know they're just like it's like it was weird because every four years like sheldon had a guy that made it yeah like to oregon and did something yeah like before me there was another jackson and that's the whole reason i'm messler because there's two jacksons <laughs> really? yeah there's two jacksons at, at sheldon high school mm. there's jackson messler me and jackson darland yeah i remember jackson darland yeah who was like you know state champ senior year all that yeah and him and him and maggie were like the two seniors that taught all the freshmen yeah that's so funny what i remember i think it was 2019 i think it was 2019 when you broke four in the mile for the first time yeah which i don't think was the mile even your like specified event no because we're yeah. coming off that you know crazy ben thomas fall yeah. cross-country season everybody goes back and then i think he just like flipped he locked in he like learned us a little better and everybody started going off yeah that indoor season i remember watching and i was like holy moly and then watching yeah. you break four i think i was there because I was coaching at Portland at the time, so yeah. I think I was there watching. And you I was saw like, me broke four. I, I'm pretty sure I did. I like I kind of remember in my head you breaking four, and I was like, "Oh my goodness, Jackson Messler just broke four in the mile," which is yeah. Now I feel like 2019 is very different than 2023, especially like oh yeah, the, no no, the, no super shoes. Yeah, no super shoes existed yet. I feel like yeah, the times were a lot more reasonable than now. I feel like now is yeah. insane, but like breaking four, especially back then, was 
incredible and a lot of guys on the team did that year i think right yeah well we like went up to husky one um they had like a last chance meet and they put up uh a race for basically us five oregon dudes and like carlos villarreal (laughs) and everybody broke four like and that was my first time because my pr prior to that was like 408 yeah which is why it was crazy when i was watching i was like oh my goodness yeah baby baby messler out here no exactly (laughs) when baby messler i like i said i used to call him baby messler when he was breaking four i was like wow yeah he's not baby messler anymore no you graduated exactly what older you're just i'm just messler now yeah i don't really call you baby messler which is kind of crazy yeah i don't know you're not really a baby anymore so no i'm I'm grown. Yeah, you're grown and popping out of your shirt. Some (laughs) facial hair on my face now. (laughs) Did you ever think that you were going to break four? No, but I had a workout that winter where, um, like, I was, like, I just, like, led a couple reps. And, like, the Eugene winter that winter was, you know, shitty. Like, it kind of always is. Yeah, what is it? Any different ever? I feel like it's always bad. And and, and Hayward was under construction. And so we had, like, nowhere to work out. Nice. So we they like they put in a 300 meter u track in the mo so it was track service yeah and it's, it's still there like around the football stadium but like oh. it's a u so, so there you was can't do anything. no we we ran part of the workout on the turf like we made the 300 u like a 320 loop doing like 80 meters on the turf like that ben marked out with cones what i'll never understand is why does an organ have an indoor track uh, it's it's funny because like when they recruited me it's like oh yeah we'll have an indoor track next year well i thought that <laughs> weren't they like making one in springfield that's what i heard i don't know springfield uh i feel like Fairgrounds. eli our little audio editor if he's oh listening, no we, we talk about this somewhat isn't there supposed regularly. to be a, isn't there supposed to be a they're working on one okay yeah, working on one hmm. we'll, we'll see. see we'll see that's just like hayward that was supposed to be done in 2016 and then it took till what 20 21 <laughs> yeah but no we had we had a workout there where it was like you know 800 600 like two sets or something like that and like i remember feeling so good on one of the last 600s like in this makeshift indoor track part of the rep on the turf like running like 122 and then like 124 and like it was just like way i feel way too good for how fast we just ran yeah like it was like we had obviously everybody but like the work i was putting in the dirt and here i am leading the last rep over like james and blake and like we all just worked really hard yeah and then the next week we had that mile race yeah and i was on a tear where like i had pr'd in the 5k had that workout did the mile and then next weekend um like pr'd in the 3k so i just had like this crazy month in the winter where i'm like dang i'm i think i'm kind of good at running yeah and i feel like that just has to give you so much confidence and also mm-hmm. you know when you elevate yourself to that level you can't go back you know no. then you solidify yourself as someone that you know runs sub four runs these amazing times is like literally vying to make it to indoor nationals and stuff like i just feel like you can't go back from that so now mm-hmm. you're held to this standard um and i don't know a lot of the time i feel like at oregon too you're expected to do these things that it makes it almost easier to do it because it's like you don't really have to will yourself to do it it's just kind of like on the table for you and it's like do you want it or do you not mm-hmm. and then once you have a little taste like I don't know. You just continue with that momentum and keep getting better and better. Yeah. I, I love the way that tasted. Yeah. Like, for, <laughs> yeah. Success <laughs> tastes very sweet. It, it's, so. it's very sweet. And just, yeah, just, it was, I don't know. I mean, like you said, you kind of like, I think you laid it out yeah. very well. How you like, you get the taste and then just like boom to boom to boom. Yeah. Like it's a truly momentum program. Yeah. And like, if you have the momentum swing for the freaking fences, like look at what Cole did. Yeah. Like, from that indoor season, like, you know, we were time trialing and doing stuff in the winter. But then, like, here comes January. The dude runs 350, and it takes that all the way to an Olympic sixth place. It's like, there's once the you momentum. Get, once you get that taste of the 350 mile. Yeah. <laughs> Cole like, Hawker takes it straight to the Olympics. Ex- exactly. And, like, U.S. It was just, like, that was, like, you know. I mean, even in 2019, we felt super validated that Ben's training worked. Yeah. So now to see, like, other youngins per se we, we call cole a fetus sometimes a fetus yeah we're like oh I feel my like god he's not so much a fetus anymore. See, you, you call me baby messler i was like i can't we can't do another baby cole we have to do like fetus fetus like, so here goes the fetus to the freaking olympic games like yeah it's fresh it was oh it's good good times 
So then how did you like wrap up your college career? Oh, very uh, unceremoniously. Yeah. It, yeah. It was tough because um, with the way COVID like remixed everything, mm-hmm. uh, I had like a sixth year of cross country mm-hmm. and I was like, do I do it? Do I not? And I decided, yeah, I'll do it. And part of the reason was because my brother was an incoming freshman. So I was a sixth year and he was a freshman and we lived together for like a fall term, like sharing a bunk bed. Sharing a bunk bed? Where were you living? We were, we were at the study. You, know you know the studies. There, there's a bunk. What, you put a bunk bed in those rooms? We put a bunk bed in one of the rooms and me and Vinny just like trained like. Oh my gosh, that's together. so cute. It was super. It was like, I, I was like, hey, bro, when else in our life are we going to be able to do this? Yeah. And I feel like that's a good amount of time, you know, to yeah. share a bunk bed. Exactly. Yeah. It was like three, four months. Yeah. Like. That's Perfect. probably the maximum amount of time you can share a bunk bed, to be yeah. honest, as an adult. So yeah. probably above the max. I think yeah. you set the new world record. But Yeah. Hey, it, it was not like a twin. It was like a full bunk bed with Jeez. a ladder. You know? A ladder? Oh, Were yeah. you on the top or the bottom bunk? Obviously the top. Okay. Yeah, don't okay. get it twisted. Hey, I don't know. Maybe you want to be like more stable on the bottom. No, I wanted, I wanted the top. And, <laughs> and he's like, good, I want the bottom. But anyway, that was a brief, fun moment in time. But the whole time I was like battling some arch pain. I was like, ah, oh, what is this? Like, my right arch really hurt. And I definitely started from that summer before when I was, like, at the trials. Yeah. Like, we did a lot of work then, and I just don't think I gave myself enough time to truly recover. And turns out I had a, a torn plantar fascia, hmm. like, partially. That's fun. <laughs> Super fun. Wouldn't <laughs> recommend to anybody. Just, like, it's like, oh, yeah, my arch is tight. I'll roll it out. And then you wake up in the middle of the night and, like, just step. I was like, oh, yeah, it's still just tight. <laughs> no, it, it was, like you know partially torn yeah like that launched a whole cycle over the next like like my 2022 i was like shitty yeah like i'm in a boot over christmas i have like prps and like my foot like for the third time like kind of letting that heal and like i also had like some pain in my adductor so like i had to get a prp like in my groin ow ow ow. oh my god that was horrible how long because that's like a shot right yeah right like into the muscle or whatever it is yeah they basically tried to like coat like the tendons that like go into like Ugh. yeah never done one of those but no does not sound oh, fun my goodness and i have a, like a fear of needles too <laughs> so like them sticking needles like in my foot and then like in you know very sensitive area <laughs> like over christmas <laughs> I'm just like, this is a great Christmas. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Walk like you know, walking down to the Christmas tree in a boot. Yeah. I was like, ah, this this sucks. So, I mean, yeah, I guess because then you leave off your running career, I guess, in college, like really unsatisfied. Yeah. So I feel like that has to make you like want to continue, you know. And ever, I feel like a lot of people leave that way, where it's like, especially during the COVID time too, where. Mm people's seasons were literally ripped away from them mm-hmm. where we saw like a lot of people that were not like satisfied with how their running career, I guess, or their collegiate running career ended. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess like, what was the next step for you? Like, what were you, I don't know what was on the table? Uh, not a whole lot. Like I had some momentum from, um, making the trials final in 21. And so that was good, but like, you know, thing about it is you're kind of only as good as your last race yeah so when my last race was like some crappy opener off like a torn plan of fascia in you know the fall cross-country season after that where you run like 24 10 like yeah which is you know and are people really paying attention cross-country no unless you're like winning it it was yeah exactly it's like i had to go back and like do it because like i just like gave the program like everything yeah i had and like my body like just like didn't have anything else like it, it just couldn't yeah so that just you know and ben ben was still the coach at that point through the early 22 season so he was like yeah come in like use whatever you need like i had was technically on the team that fall so i was like allowed to use hayward mm-hmm. and all that but like i couldn't use it for like it's true like workout potential i was just like sad and yeah. like like you know that first step into real life where like I had a job. Yeah. Like I was working like as like a, um, like a assist, like a assistant, like at a law firm and stuff like that. And I was just like, Oh boy, this is, it was just kind of, you know, I mean, it's hard going from, yeah, it was just like a step in the real life. Cause like I had to, and like, I was like living at home Yeah, and it was just like, Ooh, this is definitely a low point. 
I mean, it's just a really, really hard adjustment, especially from going like at a top program when your entire life, when you're an Oregon athlete, your entire life is running like school. Yeah. I mean, you still go to class, you still get the good grades and stuff, but like yeah. people go to Oregon to run basically to run only. I mean, yeah. I'm speaking for me personally and a lot of people I talk to, I don't know about you, yeah. but, um, it's hard going from like, I don't know, dedicating your entire life to running to, yeah. Then you just, I don't yeah. know, one day you wake up and you're like, okay, time to get yeah, a normal wait, there, job. Yeah. There's nothing like requiring me to like go run yeah, today. Exactly. There's no teammates. There's nothing. Yeah. yeah. Nothing pushing you out the door no goals that are basically set for you because in college like you have these seasons and you have these goals and especially at the Oregon program like I said the minute you join it's like okay we regional yeah. qualifier exactly you're not get on the train yeah or... yeah exactly get on the train or you're gonna get kicked off so yeah. um yeah going to, into real life where you don't have any sort of like structure really especially like athletic wise it's difficult so yeah I guess like what was con- what was keeping you going like training wise especially being injured too yeah um just like having that moment like during the trials and like all the joy of that plus like what my friends were doing like i mentioned like cole before and like we were roommates this entire time like we shared a bathroom yeah like it was just like this is truly like the highest highs the sports can offer and i got like i mentioned like we talked about before just like a little taste of it mm-hmm. and i like the taste of it yeah and honestly even to this day, I talk about it on some of my social media, like my TikTok. I made a video about it the other day. <laughs> yeah. Nothing in my life has ever tasted sweet as like the success of athletics. Yeah. I don't know why. Maybe it's just because I've been doing it so long, but like it doesn't matter how much money I make. It doesn't matter about, I don't even, nothing, just nothing will compare to that flavor of yeah. <laughs> success. Just a, just a little more soul. Just like, yeah, exactly. Uh... And I don't know why, but like nothing is as fulfilling as that yeah like sweet sweet nectar of yeah <laughs> running success success yeah just like everything working like everything you've done for the past year six months however long it is just like culminating in something it's just so funny though because it's like running and in the grand scheme of things like running it's not a money-making sport like no there's not a ton of glory that you're going to be getting from it um well, the, we're unless here. you're like cole hawker and you're going to the olympics you know i'm gonna say i think there is like i mean people talk about like the olympic dream like that's yeah. like definitely something yeah like that's like a culminating like thing that everybody that like transcends sport yeah very true very true and i think there's just something in like a personality type that draws people that want that morsel of success yeah like i don't know what it is but like you can kind of expand it to like anything if you spend like 18 months a year six months however long it is like some specified period of time with a singular focus and then to then get that focus like I think obviously you and I have that yeah. when it comes to like racing. Yeah, but I th- but, yeah, that's but, actually but, very true. But if we transfer that to anything else that you can name like an endpoint and like a build up, I think that's like that's just like super valuable. I'm trying I'm, I'm missing the point here. No, no, but you're like, not missing the point at all. I think Do you get what I mean? Yeah, because we have that with athletics. I think a lot of people have that with like work and stuff. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I see people that are like really successful in business. And obviously, like, they're super money motivated and, and they mm-hmm. probably have these huge goals. Or, like, they start these companies that start from nothing. Mm-hmm. And then two years later, it's like a, this mega success. And that's probably so fulfilling to them. Mm-hmm. But for us, it's like running. And I'm, I'm sure a lot of people listening to this podcast, it's running. Um, yeah. I'm so not, it's just yeah. like very interesting. Yeah. So I like seeing how that's like that mindset is transferable. Yeah. In and out. Like from out to in, like people like starting to run, mm-hmm. like doing the marathon, like Boston was today. Yeah. Like there's so many people that did their first marathon, like, or got a Boston qualifier and now are doing the Boston marathon. Yeah. Which, you know, is the 127th one. 127. That is quite a, quite a bit. You watched it this morning. I said. did. Yeah. I did. What were your thoughts? I was woke. I'm, I mean, it's Boston seems like Eugene where it just like can sometimes get nasty and rainy yeah i know i was looking i was like ooh, yeah i mean rain, was, the weather yeah, obviously not as bad as 2018's storm yeah but still it makes it an interesting like you know event yeah because the unpredictability yeah well how did you think it went who are you like rooting for um i do like rooting for the americans mm-hmm. i think um, really well <laughs> no, big, big, big surprise um, Hot take. Yeah, that was that was fun. Um, 
Scott Fobbles the G for getting seventh again. I think it's like his third time in a row. Mm-hmm. Like keep getting top tens at Boston. That's like you'll make a name for yourself. Yeah. Like the city. Keep getting seventh you. king. Yeah. <laughs> He's probably like, oh man, another like, seventh. Oh boy, not again. Yeah. What is it like Eeyore? Oh yeah. <laughs> oh boy. Oh brother. <laughs> but, um. Yeah. Emma Bates has been on a tear. Like her getting fifth big time. Um. But this is like the first time I feel like I've w- woken up and be like man, I want to watch a major marathon. Yeah. Like, I felt more inundated by marathon content than I have, like, previously in my life. Why? Do you just think it's who you're following or just the sport is growing? Uh, Who I'm following, sport's growing. I know people, people are just talking about it more. Just, like, it felt very prudent that, like, I, you know, wake up on a Monday morning and, like, watch a marathon yeah and i i tuned in at the perfect time because like, i kind of slept and then like i woke up and the men's race had like 15 minutes left yeah and so it's i a perfect watched, time yeah i watched the last 15 minutes of the men's <laughs> race and then like they jumped to the woman after that and then like i'm also like realizing like hey the marathon like the roads have like you know all this money all this coverage like big participation like all this stuff and seeing how the production of that like how like professional efficient and like you know people complain about like crappy you know track Track streams streams, yeah like all the time but then seeing like hey this is like one of the platinum events of the year like how does a company like come in and like do it up yeah and i think they did like really well yeah like i was drawn into the stories of the finish of helen o'beary and her child and the interviews and sage steel you know just interviewing champions and yeah like I thought it was, I was like very impressed because like it shows that like the sport has the ability to truly like deliver top tier stuff that's like on par with like the NFL or NBA. Yeah. Like it, it seemed like the same crew went from major sports league to running and then can go back to major sports league like seamlessly. Yeah, I mean running is a worldwide sport and you see so much participation in five Ks, ten Ks, marathons. Mm-hmm. It's just interesting because the track and field world just has so much work to do in terms of people following like the pro scene. Mm-hmm. Um, coming from like you know the insiders though, it is really yeah. interesting. I think yeah, the I don't know really what needs to be done. I've had a lot of conversations about it. Yeah, I mean, it, I think you know just more coverage. Um, I think improvements will be made wherever money flows. It's true. So if you know sponsors can get a bunch of logos and whatever they want airtime on major road events yeah the money will flow there the coverage will get better there yeah i think um like i don't know if there's anything drastically you can like do to make money flow into like on track events yeah so yeah it is very interesting i do think it's growing though and it's exciting to like be a part of it and just watch Mm it um I mean, I'm just biased also, too, because I like watching my friends yeah. run and make money. <laughs> yeah. <okay. laughs> Same. We, we all want to see the homies win. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so you're running for the Oregon Track Club right now, I guess. Like, I don't know, because do you want to explain how that went about? Because it's very different than OTC Elite, which yeah. was like, I don't know, disbanded, I guess. Yeah. And then now it's like the new Oregon Track Club. You want to just give us like a little bit of a rundown of what that is? Yeah. So, um, basically it's, you know, after another coaching change after the year 22, um, at Oregon, at Oregon. Yeah. Ben got let go and they brought in Jerry, obviously. So yeah. then Bauer- Jerry Schumacher Bowerman yes. coach is now the coach at Oregon. Yes. Ben Thomas got the boot yes. somehow, even though yes. he had a lot of success. Exactly. I mean, it's more like Jerry's the head coach and Jerry is a distance coach so he wants to coach distance runners regardless of who was in the assistant distance role at oregon like was gonna get the boot i guess that's fair it's just like positioning yeah and like how it is i'm like dang that sucks but ben wanted you know has family and wanted like his kids love it here and so does his wife and so they wanted to stay in eugene meanwhile this uh the oregon track club elite got dropped by nike like as a group and like all the athletes um a lot of them went like victoria to like because they're all and they like are sponsored by team canada and nike some of them like it i don't know how exactly it worked with that is crazy everybody. though how nike dropped oregon track club elite because of yeah. all the history behind the program <laughs> yeah no i, I totally Eugene. agree it's like you know if you don't like how it's being run or whatever just like 
replace it with somebody else. So that's why we were like, hey, we have this great Nike affiliated coach that, you know, can coach these athletes. And so we have been pitching like, hey, Ben can coach pro athletes that are also Oregon alums, which is what the club has always been since its inception. Yeah. And it's been around like a long time. Like you talk about the history. People was founded in 1959. Yeah. So the fact that they were just going to let that go was crazy. I know. It's a, it's an iconic world, worldwide like logo. Yeah. Like just like that IP alone is like, you know, a huge part of the value. Yeah. But um, basically that had a whole like that was a hole that opened up and like, you know, me wanting to represent and us wanting like the groups of wanting to represent like a run under like a common shield because we we're all under this same coach and Ben. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just turned into, you know, the community organization, like, stepping up and providing, you know, some support to the unsponsored athletes like me, Matt, Aiden, Jack, Reed. Um, And we've got to, you know, we get to continue the dream. Yeah, which is really exciting. I feel like that's an opportunity that a lot of people don't have. Like, people leave college Mm -hmm. and they're like, all right, what now? You know, even if they want to continue running, it's, like, solo and stuff. So it's cool to see you guys like coming together all still with the common goal of, you know, being successful runners and you need that team atmosphere. A lot of the time, it's really hard to do by yourself, especially mm-hmm. if you're still working out on the track, like it's racing mm-hmm. on the track. I mean, like, I don't know. Road racing is different. You can do more workouts by yourself, but track work, there's something you need a team. For yeah. It. I think I've successfully navigated, like having d- like done zero track workouts by myself. Yeah. Like, in 2023 yeah like we're always meeting somebody or multiple people at a time and doing something like prescribed yeah what's it like i guess after college you know obviously still running still competing being a normal person like what i guess how's the difference yeah i mean you do i think you got to change the uh orientation of like your like motivations yeah like where you're at oregon you have to make score pack 12 points and continue the streak like the you know the oregon men have won 15 straight pack 12 track titles outdoors mm-hmm. um i was not gonna let that drop while i was competing for the university yeah you have the team pressure they yes you need exactly to perform. like that motivation um and that kind of goes away like it's not like a, hey guys we need to do this it becomes like oh shit i gotta pay bills yeah like i have rent to pay i have like health insurance that i'm off like i gotta feed myself yeah so it becomes a little bit more like a lot of people use the word like like selfish like well yeah because it's way more self-motivated you have to be yeah. so much more intrinsically motivated because mm-hmm. there's not team goals on the table that are you have to meet or you're off you know yeah so it becomes like what do you want out of it and so yeah. like i had you know time to reflect and figure out like what i want what do you out want of it um I, you know i'm still like clarifying that with myself even but like i know i have more like athletically to give in like a lot of different events like you know i I tried a 10k this like spring never never done a 10k on the track ever yeah how was that um i had (laughs) i mean face um um, i mean like it wasn't like wasn't the i feel like it wasn't the worst introduction to a 10k that's the thing it's like i want to do it again but not like soon okay like maybe like same time next year. Okay. But like once a year. Yeah, maybe like once a An year. Annual ten k. Just, like, just pop in like woo, doing a ten k. Yeah. So much fun. Yeah. Um. But yeah, like it was kind of like a goal I had like from December, and I was like, "There's a ten k in March. Let's show up and be fit because that's like a good base that builds up for the whole outdoor." And yeah. That was. It's like you know, part of the math. Yeah. Is what I like to say. Like I've been using that term like you know with the ups and downs and like navigating which races to run. It's just like, hey, these decisions, these emotions, the waves of, you know, the up and downs. It's all, it's all part of the math leading to one goal of enjoying the process along the way. Oh my goodness! Even if there's a 10k involved, love the process. (laughs) Um, so you're running Oregon relays. Yeah. What's the goal? Um, so there's a four. I'm hopefully it's announced by them, but there's a four by mile on Friday. Okay. So I'll be part of some sort of team of alumni. Okay. Um, you don't know who yet not entirely sure they're doing like reveals and stuff and like i'm not sure just like where what team will be on because i think there's gotta be like three or four teams it that'll that'll be tbd uh, tbd but then saturday there's an open mile after that and i still haven't broken four since that race in 2019 we talked about 
open mile outdoors at Hayward. That's yes. kind of crazy. Yeah. So there's going to be, you know, bring back the mile. Yeah, the mile's coming back. <laughs> um, people, yeah, we're going to be racing against all the same guys. We were just on a four by mile team on the night before. Oh my goodness. That's so fun though. Yeah. It's like the good old days. Exactly. Just like a bunch of Oregon alums crushing it on Hayward. Oh wait, we've done that before. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like really excited for this, this weekend. Yeah. And then what's after that? Um, after that I'm doing a 5k at the on track fest, which on track fest is going to be lit. I've already said on my podcast, I say that like the end of every episode, I feel like since I've recorded, but everyone come to the on track fest. It's at Mount Sac on May 6th. And it's going to be a movie. And Messler's going to be there, and so am I. So. Crazy lit <laughs> movie. Crazy what's, lit. What's the goal for uh, that one? Um, You know, I haven't – actually, I did a 5K this indoor season, but I really want a PR in okay. the 5K. What's the PR? Currently, right my PR is 13.36, which I've run twice. <laughs> and then this indoor season, I ran 13.41 to win in UW. So, like – You have it in you. I got in it. I got to run in the 1320s. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm itching. Like I can feel it in my bones that yeah. like there's a little breakthrough coming through. Mm-hmm. So I think this field in the 5k is going to be the opportunity to like, I think so too. On. Those, the, not even, I don't think the heat sheets came out or whatever it was, but whatever they posted on Instagram, mm-hmm. all those names that are going to be at the on track. Oh yeah. Like, there's, some, there's some heads. There's some heads. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. So yeah, go in there confident, you know, ready to drop my stuff yeah it's gonna be at least the early season goal yeah and then don't worry we're, we're still doing steeples yeah when's when's your first steeple uh steeple debut i'm leaning towards like the end of may um not entirely sure but that that and then um portland track festival oh okay definitely, always a good one yeah definitely gonna steeple there um yeah i like that lewis and clark pit yeah um yeah it's just familiar yeah do you have any like life lifetime goals that you want to achieve? Maybe not this year, but I really, whatever. I, I really do want to make a team. Yeah. And like looking at the current landscape of steeple chasers in the U.S., um, like the it's been run by veterans, to say mm-hmm. the least, for a while. And those guys, you know, are I'm talking about Hillary and Evan here, who are both like what 34. Yeah. Well, I feel like there's. I mean, I don't want to, I'm not speaking for them, but yeah. I feel like it's, they're aging out a little bit. Well, no, I mean, yeah. I mean, we think that, and then like, Evan exactly. Goes, like, six they, in the world. So yeah, like, am I counting them back. out? Absolutely not. <laughs> I'm not making that mistake. Yeah. Like, but it goes through them until it doesn't. Yeah. So, you know, be a reason it doesn't or like. Period. Like, yeah. Just like it, you gotta like, you, you gotta think that far out. Like, you really think you can do it. Yeah. Like, cause if you don't like why are you getting up and running and putting yourself through this yeah like you got to have something like absolutely crazy to say like on podcast with friends a hundred percent speak it into existence that's how it works yeah so that's part of the math love that um okay a question i have for you to end the episode is do you have any advice to your younger self younger self yeah you're you're jackson messler you're a junior in high school what are you saying Mm, honestly i could tell him like to be a little riskier like like if you like don't know what to do just like kind of the default should be like send it i love a that. little bit like like why not like you're gonna learn from the experiences you have not the experiences you don't have a wise man right here sitting next to me <laughs> bars <laughs> hey my favorite quote is if you never wing it you'll never learn how to fly yeah it's definitely that like sentiment yeah yeah because you just got to throw yourself into it sometimes be a little risky and things Honestly, I feel like most of the time end up working out in your favor. There's mm. some learning lessons along the way. Don't get me wrong. But yeah, I mean, you can't mess up like that bad, really. Yeah. Like, I don't think there's a situation where it's like, oh, man, I'm really glad I didn't do that because it would have put me in jail or something. No. <laughs> like, yeah. I would hope not. No, not, not, nothing nothing like that. <laughs> I mean, if we're speaking of favorite quotes. What's yours? The day you plant the seed is not the day you eat the fruit. Ooh, who's who's the author of that? I don't know. I saw it on a (laughs) t-shirt, but it's like, it was a cool t-shirt. It's a cool t-shirt. So I obviously bought it. So yeah, it's a lot about, you know, enjoying the process, trusting the process, being patient and being a little bit risky. You know, I think that all pays off and working hard at the end of the day. (laughs) Consistency beats motivation. Ooh, period. Okay. Well, that's enough, you know, wisdom for the the day from (laughs) from Messler and Emma, you know. (laughs) 
Um, Messer, where can people follow you? You know, see your journey along the way. Um, yeah, follow the. Uh, I got verified like kind of recently. Swag without pain, but like. Kinda <laughs> yeah, we fun. don't pay. We don't pay for those blue check marks. No, no way. We get checked up, <laughs> but it was just like, hey, fun little side quest, social media goal. Like, I think it'd be really cool to get verified, and I thought that when I was like fifteen. Yeah, there you go. So here we are. Got that blue check. Got the blue check, but it's at underscore Messler underscore. Love that. Um, and it's always linked in the show notes, as you know. All right, Messler, you know, thank you for like lending us your room. Thank you for being my roommate for a couple of days. You've been an so excellent host along with our audio editor, Eli, or audio um, engineer over there, there Eli. Put some respect on his name. Yeah, I know I am. Very much respectful man over there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that makes no sense. <laughs> <laughs> my brain is rotting away oh no um more okay. cold brew okay yeah no i literally had so much cold brew today messer literally bought us cold brew so we this was a combo over cold brew legitimately um, okay well to close out this episode can we get a good old peace out fellas <clears throat> peace out fellas thank you all so much for listening to today's episode of commas over cold brew i hope you enjoyed it you know I never really do that many in-person episodes, but it's always fun getting to see someone face-to-face. Follow us on Instagram at Pod if you want to be up-to-date on the latest episodes and submit listener questions. Rate and review on Apple Podcasts if you love the show. It means the world, and I love, 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 love reading your guys' reviews. It seriously makes my day. Um, Yeah, so we'll catch you all next week. Peace out, fellas. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.